Hey everyone, it's Heather. I'm so excited about our new resource for single women, Authentically You. One of the most challenging parts of life is navigating relationships. This can be especially true for women who have been tainted by negative sexual experiences and mistakes from their past, or when the struggle with porn and masturbation takes hold and won't let go. This leaves them feeling distant from God, separated by the weight of shame and regret. If this is you, you're not alone. Authentically You was written specifically for single and college-aged women, those who are on the working career path and those who are in college. This 20-lesson curriculum is easily adaptable to a busy work schedule or a college semester system. Through this group experience, you'll explore how your past pain and trauma contribute to distorted beliefs and an unhealthy thought life. You'll uncover the role your family of origin plays in your past and current behaviors and address the issues that perpetuate compulsive and addictive patterns. And through the use of weekly exercises, strategic tools, and self-care focus, you'll learn how to live in health, how to live as your true, authentic self. I know God has a plan for your life to bring you to a place of health and wholeness. If you allow it, God will do amazing things in you and through you. So pre-order today, Authentically You. Go to puredesire.org A-Y. That's puredesire.org A-Y. Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, where we partner with you to bring hope and freedom on your journey to purity. Hey ladies, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming event, the Pure Desire Women's Conference. This two-day conference is designed to help all women find grace and peace in their daily lives. Doesn't that sound nice? Regardless of where you've been in your life, through this event, you'll get a break from the daily grind. You get a fresh dose of encouragement, and look, you'll also get practical tools to help you find emotional, spiritual, and sexual health. This conference is from April 5th through 6th at the Sheraton Portland Airport Hotel. I'm excited for you to hear from Heather Cole, Ashley Jamison, and our featured speaker, Patty Moreno. Come gather with other women looking to find ways to be healthier people in today's world. To register and get more info on the speakers, on the schedule, and more, visit puredesire.org slash pdwomen. Again, that's puredesire.org slash pdwomen. That's all I got for now. Enjoy the podcast. Hey there, I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and we're so thankful you're taking time out of your day to hang out with us. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Nick Stumbo. Too legit. Too legit to quit. <laughs> okay, that was that was pretty good. Why don't you tell some of the listeners who maybe have no idea what that's from? Yeah, you'd need to be a child of, you know, probably born in the 70s, so that by the early 90s, you were into music, and that was a very, very popular MC Hammer song, right? When MC I was Hammer. in about seventh grade, and everyone had the little hand motions that went with it, and even NFL players were doing that, like in interviews at the end. It was a big deal for a while. Uh, so the only thing I really know, because of how young I am, about MC Hammer is that he went bankrupt. <laughs> that's the only yeah. MC Hammer I know. Evidently, he wasn't legit enough. That's that's true. Can't touch this. But apparently you can. Hey, the, uh, ha- the Hammer pants are still in style. <laughs> they're coming back. <laughs> okay, so uh, today... Before we even get to our guest who you've already heard, today is a momentous day for us. Today is. is our first podcast in the new Pure Desire building. We are in a brand new building. We spent millions of dollars. No, we didn't. Uh, right. We moved offices. We're now all under one roof. If you know anything about the history of our of our ministry, we've been in multiple buildings, and now we are in the same building. We're out at a round table. It's official. And we're going to keep doing it here. And we're going to keep doing it You're not it here. setting up in my office. We're not setting up in a hotel room. That's right. Um, in a church back 
office somewhere. We've used many places. There are listeners whose minds are being blown right now. <laughs> they thought we were so official. We're not. Now we are. We're getting we there. Are we're official. working on it. That's right. Only so, after 80-some episodes. Yeah, right? man. It took a minute. We paid we're our dues. We're just warming up. Yeah, we paid our dues. So you've already heard from him. We have the big guy back with us, Rich Moore. Rich is our men's international groups coordinator, and is, uh, I think it's official to call you up here as our OG. Like, you were back in the heyday. You were one of the, the first ones. The guinea pig. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you're a large guinea pig, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Rich, we're glad that you're here. Today's episode is focused on leading Pure Desire Seven Pillars groups. These groups are for men who struggle with porn or sexual addiction. Uh, also, love addiction can be applied. There's a lot of addictions that can, but they're specifically for porn and sex addiction. Uh, so... Uh, this may mean, uh, let me just say this. If you're a woman and you started this podcast and you're like, oh, it's only for men, I'm going to click off. Don't. Stick with this because understanding the healing process for a man uh, struggling with sexual integrity can be really insightful, can be super helpful uh, for your maybe your spouse, maybe someone you're in a relationship with, could be for uh, your kids. So stick with us. Seven Pillars groups really help men process the wounds of their past, create a roadmap to sobriety, and really help create a trajectory of sexual integrity for the future. And because uh, all of us at this table have led these groups before, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, I think it's going to be beneficial. And just you know what you're saying for women or even someone who's listening that's not in Seven Pillars or they don't think they need one, I think a lot of what they'll hear, there's commonalities between all the groups. Now, there's definitely specific things that the men's material walks through, but in terms of uh, approach, how to lead, what makes for an effective group, you know, you'll see similarities between all of them. So I hope everyone gets a really clear picture today of what does walking into recovery and health look like when I'm doing it with a group around me? Yeah, absolutely. Rich, you ready to go? I am. Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, let's just start with this. Rich, some of our listeners probably haven't heard your story before. Uh, that being that you're a pure desire OG, there's a lot of people out there who have heard it, but maybe someone who hasn't heard it. Can you give us a little bit of your background and your experience with being in and leading Seven Pillars groups? Yeah, you know, sadly, um, my story is not too uncommon. You know, uh, being abused when I was four, and basically learning everything we know about sex when we are when we are young mm-hmm. and growing up, and and figuring your body out, and then you know by the age of twelve, you're basically a full blown sex addict. Um, so, and then living that life until my life was technically kind of crashing down, uh, in the summer of 96 and a little bit of background on that. For those of you that don't know, uh, again, abused it for, uh, everything I learned really about sex was when I was young and, uh, as I grew, uh, and started figuring things out, uh, when I was 14, I abused my niece and um kind of set her up the same way that uh that what happened to me and um almost identical and from there on really from 14 to 20 i was really out of control strip clubs um multiple you know dancers and i mean you just name it and it was just out of control right um uh summer in 96 it all came to a, a pretty much a crashing halt and uh and even before that ted dr roberts he's he kind of got a hold of me before that but really in that summer 96 uh late 95 is when pure desire really started kind of getting i want to say put in front of my face that's when i ted really (laughs) started talking about it from the pulpit and right and really just started bringing in and uh, long story short facing 49 years in prison was in a group right away uh went to sentencing uh, thinking I was going to go away for a long time, walked out with 10 years of probation. Wow. Um, been off probation now for 
uh, since 2007. Yeah. Uh, been in groups since the very beginning, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, uh, I can tell you that it saved my life. So um, I wouldn't be here, obviously, without it. Well, and, and if you think about it, there are a lot of people out there that their healing would be at a different place if you hadn't gone through that. Like the role that you play here and the guys that you walk, really you walk, it's not just guys. You get calls all day from multiple uh, men and women about this. And so uh, you get to definitely lean on your experience when you help these people. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's kind of full circle when you look at it. It's really, uh, I count every day a blessing that I'm even walk in the door here because I could be not here yeah. and have a substantial amount of time left. And so I take every phone call uh, seriously mm-hmm. and uh, do what I can to get them connected to a group, help church start groups, um, you name it. So Rich, thanks for sharing a little more of your background. And uh, in this episode, we're looking to focus on uh, someone leading a seven pillars group. And for a lot of listeners, you know, that idea has maybe been intimidating or it's something they've had suggested to them like, hey, the next time there's a group, why don't you take a role, be a co-leader or one of the facilitators, whatever phrase we use. Um, so just to try to help people understand what they're setting out to do when someone goes to lead a seven pillars group, uh, what are they hoping that group members will get out of the group? What, what's their focus and how they're trying to help other men go through seven pillars? I remember that first group that I led and, um, you know, when Ted said, Hey, it's time to start leading a group and leading other guys. I was pretty scared. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I just had to realize that, um, going into this group, I, just because I'm the group facilitator leader, I'm no different than the guys in group. Right. So to go in and I think I answered this a little bit and may, might be a cross in one of the other answers. Um, one of the other questions, but to really not have a high expectation because these guys are really hurting. Uh, you know, you can set a high expectation for guys coming into group, but you have to meet them where they're at. And I think that's important um, that you set that tone up front that to let them know that these guys coming into group, this is a safe place for them mm-hmm. to, to open up. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like it's diminishing shame, right? So it's like wa- even walking in the door can be really, really shameful. And so uh, yeah. understanding that these guys feel like they can show up and, and not be someone who is judged as soon as they walk in the door, that it's a safe place for them to be accepted. And and one of the things, too, that I think that a lot of guys can expect when they walk in the door is that they get to make sense of their story. They finally get to understand why I've been struggling with the things I've been struggling with for so long. And not only that, because that's like half the battle, right, is figuring out what's going on. But then the other half is really starting to address that and change that and and really allow the material through the work of Jesus to to fix it, to change it, to make it healthy. As I think about the role we play um, of leader, it's helping people see that they're not alone. Because one of the things about sexual addiction or sexual struggle is it's very isolating and it's very shaming. And there tends to be a part of everyone's story that they think, I'm the only one that struggles in this way. No one else has these kind of thoughts or this kind of behavior or this kind of past. Mm -hmm. And it's really helping people look less at the fruits of their life because, yeah, the, the fruits of what it led us to can be very different but helping them recognize that the roots are so similar. I mean, I just was with my group this morning that we walked through the truth, a truth and excuses table where what are the excuses we listen to? And even though there were five different guys sharing, you know, 25 different answers, I could listen to every one of those excuses and say, yep, been there. Yep, I've listened to that. Yep, I've heard that. And when we realize I'm not alone in this, I'm not unique, I'm not different, there's something so powerful that comes to face our story, like you were Mm -hmm. saying, to own our story in a new way uh, that really allows it to become a place of healing. Yeah, absolutely. 
So uh, let's say, Rich, someone has been through group or uh, is interested in helping other people find some healing. What are we? And we've talked about this in multiple episodes, but really, again, let's kind of circle back to it. What are the qualifications for someone who is leading or stepping into leading a seven pillars group? You know, the biggest one is to really have gone through the material, whether it's going through group is one, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a former client that has gone through the counseling process. Uh, but understanding what the material is about mm-hmm. and and then not only that just showing that they are they have me a period of sobriety um, they have a heart to serve I mean because w- when it comes down to just the the word leader we're all leaders because we lead on our job we lead at home we lead at yeah in, you know coaching kids game or teams and stuff like that so the natural ability as a leader is there but we want to make sure that they understand the process of what it's going to take to be a leader. And we mm-hmm. walk them through that. So before they even start the group, we walk them through. The, there's basically a, quote, application, that process mm-hmm. that they go mm-hmm. through. We walk them through the SOPs and all the group guidelines. And we have them walk through this process. And then we offer training for those guys, too. So it's a big – it's not just a, hey, I'm going to open the door and start leading. Uh, there are some things that you want to have yeah. uh, in your back pocket. And yeah. experience is one of them. I think it's important to think of the word leader not as expert. And that's probably why some people are hesitant to lead a group because they've associated leading with being an expert or the professional or the teacher. Um, I really think of leading or the leader as the one who goes first, the one who takes that step first. And so in the group, it's I've walked this road and I may not be perfect or even anywhere near that, but I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. And, and since I've taken that step first, now I'm going to lead you through the process I've already walked through. And maybe when it comes to a really difficult question, I'm the leader. I'll go first mm-hmm. and just help pave the way for others to follow behind. And with that definition of leader, I think people see, oh, I, I can lead. I, could, I can go first. Right. And others just allow them to follow. You know, and, and okay, so uh, th- we're talking about like the prototypical leader, what we're looking for. But in some cases like mine, I didn't have experience in group before I jumped in. And so maybe that's where you're at, but you know, this is something that you need and that this is something that your church needs. It's okay to step in and lead a group as long as you're like, cause here, like the three things I wrote down, you have a heartbeat. Okay. Then you could probably, you could probably lead a group. If you have a car and can make it to church then, or wherever you're having it, you're good. And then if you have two hours a week, then you can lead a group. And so what I've seen is really just having that, but also being just willing to be consistent, like show up every week. And at that point you are leading in vulnerability, you're leading a commitment and then allow really, because one of the things we want is we want to feel like a leader. We want to be empowered, educated, all that stuff, especially as men. It's like a power thing a little bit and a control thing. You don't have to have that. Like let let the material do its thing. You just be consistent. You just show up. You've got a heartbeat, car, and two hours. That's my take. And I would just add to that and be willing to learn. Because totally. I know that's yeah. where you were at. Trevor, you you called Rich a whole lot. You listened Way too much, to what right? Desire had to say. <laughs> um, and, and so if you feel like you're not prepared I think everyone initially feels not prepared but if yeah. you're willing to learn we can help others around you can coach and guide and it can be a very positive experience yeah, absolutely uh, so Rich an, another aspect of this maybe someone assumes that uh, seven pillars group should be led by someone that's married has a good marriage things are going well there but what about a guy that's single maybe they have never been married or they're divorced recently divorced um, can they lead a seven pillars group absolutely and the same qualifications would be for a married guy um, mm-hmm. really, I mean, there, there's not much difference in that, uh, at the church I go to at East Hill, we have a single gr- a group of single guys 
and single leaders, and those guys are doing great. Um, they walk through the process. They do the same thing. Now their accountability looks a little different because they're not married, but they set up the same kind of you know rap sheet. They have people they're accountable to. Yeah. They, they they have the same kind of guardrails as anybody else, and and the leaders of those groups have been through this process. Uh, they've been through the group. Now they've been leading or co-leading. Some of our single leaders around the country are former clients too. So uh, the process is the same. It just looks different because they don't have a ring on their finger. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say to those single guys or gals that are listening, you know, don't underestimate the influence you can have on the lives of married people. Because quite frankly, many married people are in group because of the relational problems they're having. Their wife's making them or said, if you don't change, I'm out of here. And it's that relationship pressure that has us changing. And when we hear from and see a single guy or a single gal who's saying, I'm here because this is the person I believe God called me to be. And mm-hmm. I want to do things um, in a way that God made me to. And and you're just doing it because of your integrity. That's right. actually very, very inspiring to mm-hmm. others of us that are married because we see, oh, it's not just to make my wife happy. Right. There's actually a, a deeper purpose that this is about my relationship with God. And when you're single, you're putting that on display. And yeah, you've got some challenges maybe because in our world, single people are kind of championed. Hey, just go out and live it up and right. you know, sow your wild oats or whatever phrase people have used in your world. Uh, but, but when you're taking a different stand and saying, that's not the life I want, it's inspiring even to married people. So yeah. believe that even in a mixed group, you've got a lot more influence and say than you realize. And don't don't feel insecure because the church sometimes inadvertently teaches or or basically models that married is like the varsity team. And if, you, if you're single, then you're the JV team. And it's like, bro, there's no JV team. It's yeah. like, we're all on varsity. <laughs> we all have got a jersey, right? But at the same time, don't feel insecure. If you're further along in your health, don't feel like married people have it all figured out. Because, bro, I've been married for almost four years. I can tell you right now, I don't have it figured out. Being married didn't, it wasn't like this brand new switch that just flipped and all of a sudden it's like, I'm so much wiser. I'm not. If anything, I feel like, oh, I'm super selfish. And, oh, I have got so much more to learn. So don't feel insecure on your relationship status. Know that God's put you in that place for a reason. Yeah, and I think when you look at a single guy when they when they have experienced they've been through the process when they have experienced that true freedom that that the pure desire groups bring there's something different when a single guy experiences mm-hmm. that because all he know all he has known is basically himself right you know now he has this whole new freedom where he's like well now i can fully give this to right my girlfriend or my future wife because i mean that's why these guys are coming to these groups because mm-hmm. they know they have a problem. Right. They're not sure how to deal with it because they're not married, but they, they know that they don't want to bring it into their marriage. Right. So as we see these groups, a lot of younger, I mean, I'm getting calls every day and emails from, you know, how young is too young for them to go to conquer series, you know, 12, 13 year old wanting to go to mm-hmm. wanting to go to a conquer series yeah. because they're struggling at yeah. 12 years old. Okay, so let's go a little bit practical here. Uh, when someone wants to lead a pure desire uh, group, a seven pillars group, what material do they need? Uh, leader's guide. So okay. the seven pillars leader's guide, obviously the seven pillars of freedom kit, which is the workbook, the journal, and then the pure desire book. I would also throw in there, not so much material, but um, the three podcasts that I always talk about are the, the rap sheet, um, recovery action plan. Yeah. For yeah. those that don't know the initials. <laughs> yeah. If you've been in prison, that means something <laughs> yeah. different. Uh, Slightly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that sheet, um, the faster scale, mm-hmm. the double bind. And actually there was an, 
maybe two or three more. So there's like three or four or five that I go to all the time that I say, if you're leading a group, you need to have these in your, yeah. your toolbox, so to speak. And we'll make sure that those are attached on the show notes uh, for this episode. Especially the double bind and the faster scale because it takes, those are the two tools that take a while to even figure out how to use and understand. I've been in group for four years and I still have a hard time with the double bind. <laughs> Robert did a great job when he talked about the double bind. He did. I should go back and listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, something I'll add, and uh, I don't think Rich wants to toot his own horn, but I would encourage you to reach out to Rich. And if your group and the, or the groups at your church are not registered, you need to register your group. Uh, even if you don't want to be posted publicly online, that's fine. Just get on our radar because then we, we're able to send you encouragement. There's like monthly updates. Um, there's other things we do to reach out and encourage and support you. So that's just kind of a basic thing that if you're launching maybe the first group at your church and you don't know that you've ever signed up through Pure Desire, you know, there's no cost to it. We're, but we do provide you with extra resources mm-hmm. and tools simply because now you're on our list and we know you've got groups. So if, if you're listening and you've been running groups kind of on your own, that's a real quick connection piece you could make today is just to go to the website, go to the groups page and click on register your group and, and Rich oversees that whole process. So you're probably going to talk to him at some point along the way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, uh, Rich, if you're a woman, and I mean a woman listening, not you, but if a woman this is listening. This just got so weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what the podcast is here. Okay. We just we take on the awkward topics, right? Fantastic. Um, so if a woman is listening and her husband or fiance or boyfriend is looking to lead a group, how would you describe her role? How could she support the man in her life um, as he goes about leading one of these groups? Well, I would highly encourage uh, as we uh, go through the process of vetting leaders, um, we want to know that this leader is ready for a group and mm-hmm. that, and a conversation might be, you know, a follow-up call with the spouse, uh, husband or wife. Um, you know, if, so my wife, she is the strongest woman I know. Um, if there's nights I don't feel like going to group cause I do a m- million of them. She's like, <laughs> Nope, you're going to group. Yeah. Um, so it takes that, that spouse, a husband or wife, just to, to be that strong person that I know you're going to help and to be, and really the biggest encouragement from my wife that I get is no, you need to go there for those guys. You need to be there for those guys. And it's not because I'm the group leader. Yeah. Those guys, we talked a, bit, a little bit back about what leading a group looks like. You know, we're leading by example. So the more I can share and I'm vulnerable and transparent, that creates this, this group that is super healthy yeah and it has to start with the leader and you know our wives are a part of that because we are monitored are not monitored but we are i don't even know the word i'm looking for encouraged by our wife yeah to model that right because we're doing that at home so we should be doing it in group yeah and you know another another couple things that come to mind for me is understanding that the weightiness of it Um, like I've had group experiences where guys go in in the middle of separation or divorce and it's just so messy and so tough. And so I'm usually wiped when I come home. Like my group meets Wednesday nights, uh, Wednesday nights when I go home, I'm wiped and my wife knows that. And she knows that it's, it's a good battle that we're fighting. It's not something that I'm just doing it, uh, to get another notch on my, you know, my spiritual belt or whatever. But then also I think a a big thing is, um, communication is really important in relationship. But communicating to your spouse, to your boyfriend, girlfriend, to your fiance cannot happen when it comes to group. So understanding that when I come home or when I call you after group or we text, I cannot tell you about what's going on in group. I can tell you what I shared 
and I can tell you what I learned, but to say, hey, so-and-so said this, or so-and-so did that this You'll week. You'll never or, believe what happened. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like it, there's Don't no better way to blow your group up and to lose all credibility as a facilitator or a leader than to do that. And so for for that person in your life who you're in a relationship with, they need to understand that and they need to respect that because, and, and explain it, it's confidentiality, it's making sure it's a safe place, it's making sure it's a place where guys, and it, really with Seven Pillars, it's a place where guys can come and share it and no, it's not leaving this room. Yeah, and I would encourage women with this that pretty much every leader I've heard from would say, leading others through the material helped me in my journey in ways I didn't expect. Mm. There's just something about when I'm, taking that responsibility to help others go through the material that I see my own story differently. The material reads differently. There's new aha moments. And so um, consider that, that if the man in your life is interested in leading, be a champion of it because in all likelihood, it's going to help him more than you expect. It's not just about other people. You can, in in a way, selfishly say, hey, this will be good for you. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, And just see how God uses it in their life just as much as in the groups. Well, because if it's good for him, it's also going to be good for you. Like if he gets healthy, you will benefit from that. So understanding that's huge. You're right. Yeah. And I think too, uh, my wife understands. And if you have a wife that is in betrayal and beyond or eight mm-hmm. pillars or whatever, uh, they understand the group process. Totally. Uh, but my wife knows that these groups are emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're highs and low. I mean, I, I have high and low days just here at work, not even in group because I'm basically <laughs> doing group all day long. Sure. Yeah. Um, so she just knows that the biggest support she can give, she's just praying for me during totally. those those group nights. So. Totally. So now that we've kind of talked about this and, and maybe some guys understand what they need to be doing, the kind of support they need, the materials they need, what are some best practices for men that are really stepping into this? What are some things they can do to prepare? Maybe group hasn't started yet. Maybe they're even just considering leading a group. What are some things they can do? What are some best practices to help them prep for it? Yeah, this, this isn't necessarily a, a quote best practice, but the big one is is to realize that they need a period of sobriety hmm. to, into stepping into leading. How long group. is that period? You know, six months at least. Yeah. Uh, that's what kind of the, what we have down and, yeah. um, you know, depending on where they're at in their life too. And, and just some basic principles that they can set up themselves before getting into mm-hmm. a group. Uh, and then after that, um, knowing that, uh, uh, they need support from their their local church, so their pastor. Yeah, uh, that's a big piece. And if it's an online group, it's a little bit different. But um, you know, so they need to have support from their local church, the pastor. Uh, they need an understanding of the material, so you just can't buy the books Tuesday and leave the group on Wednesday and <laughs> get ready to go. No, we have some groups that have done sure. it that way, yeah. and uh, so we work with those groups. But um, but yeah, you want to understand the material. Um, and then, uh, you know, we also offer support from the RGAs, or which regional are regional group advisors. Regional yeah. group advisors. So that's, that's a big part of the whole process is knowing when I'm going to lead a group, I'm not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. I have support from here in the office, and then I have support from the local advisors, and I have support from my local church. So you're not doing this all by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, something I would add to that is the group guidelines are your friends. Yes. That you might look at those and go, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody knows these. But as a leader, that's a big part of your role. Take the group through the group guidelines. Make sure everyone reads them, understands them. And then as the leader, have the courage to stand by them. So when someone is starting to share and they didn't write anything down, you need to pause and say, hey, uh, hate to jump in on you, but it, it doesn't look like you wrote anything down, um, but you're sharing. And they're like, well, yeah, I just wanted, you're like, well, you need to do the work. 
And even though that'll be awkward up front, the more you establish the group guidelines are there for a reason, mm-hmm. the better your group experience will be for everybody. And it's it's hard. It's tough up front to kind of be the guy that says, hey, if, if you didn't write it, don't share it. But the way that creates focus in the group, it encourages people to come mm-hmm. with their work ready to go. Yeah. It, it, it ending the group on time, you know, that's yeah. I think another thing group leaders fall into is, oh, guys are just sharing so much, and we went three yeah. and a half hours, and you know <laughs> that feels like because you don't want to cut somebody off, yeah, and you feel like oh totally. we were there, for, you feel like oh we were there for each other, but the truth is what it creates is this fear for the group that we have no idea how long group will go, yeah, and when you're battling with yourself of should I go to group or not, and you think it could be three and a half hours, like oh I'm bagging it, but if if you know hey my group leader's on it, we start yeah. on time. We finish on time. We get our work done. It actually is going to yeah. increase people's buy-in and commitment because they see that you're sticking to it, and it makes a better experience for everybody. So just to say again, the group guidelines are your friends. It might make you feel awkward at points to enforce them, but it's going to make for a great experience. And yeah. we did a podcast on that. We did. So we did. That's the other <laughs> that was one. a good one. Yeah. That was the other okay. One. Good. I'm writing that's it down. In a right. Hotel lobby. Or <laughs> that's good. Okay. So the the other thing though that for me is coming into group with an understanding that you're the guide, not the savior, um, understanding that, that your vulnerability is honestly the best way to lead going first, sharing, being, and man, I've, I've learned this the hard way. Uh, and, and you'll see there's like this hidden fruit that kind of comes out of that when you're willing to be really, really open and honest and really upfront, even in the most terrifying ways. And then you're going to see the group really start to grow. You're going to start to see other guys open up a little bit more. You're going to really start to see some health grow in there. So just understand that uh, it's vulnerability that makes you a good leader. And uh, as much as you'd like to be Superman, you're not. Like you couldn't save yeah. yourself. You definitely can't save these guys. Well, and that's that's the part of group that guys don't want. Hmm. Is they don't want to come into a group and have somebody preach at them. They, they're actually looking for somebody who's going to lead that group who is just as messed up and broken yep. and has walked this process. So they don't want somebody that's just going to sit there and say, do this, do this, do this. You know, they're, they're actually looking for that vulnerable leader because that's, that's what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not looking for somebody to, to look down on them because that's happened their whole life. Right. So now they're, they're, they're being, they're in this vulnerable place and they want to know that as a leader, that we have our stuff together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, and that's a great transition, Rich, because that's the next question exactly, is what are some of the pitfalls or the things that a leader should watch out for? What are the patterns or uh, just things that are not healthy to do as a leader in your group? Yeah, to go back to that last answer really is is to not be a counselor in group. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, you We get, have counselors, yep. they do a different job, <laughs> yeah. that's not you. They get paid a lot to do what they do, like, because yeah. they're experts. Yeah. And I think just being able to get yourself on the same level because we've mm-hmm. all been there. Yeah. Um, now I'm just a group leader. That's the only difference, but I'm still dealing with some of the same things. Right. You know, I may, I may have this freedom that I've experienced, but it's so easy to go through a seven pillars or a pure desire workbook from 10 years ago and yeah. look at my answers to go, wow, I'm struggling with some of the same things. Yeah. Um, it just might, you know, my relapse looks totally different than right. what a normal relapse would look like. But right. I think to be able to put yourself on the same level and not consider yourself the leader yeah. really makes the group just a much better place. Yeah. One of the pitfalls that I am guilty of is uh, caring more about someone else's recovery than they do. 
And what I mean by that is I would bear the weight or put the weight of other people's health or process and recovery on myself. So if a guy came to the group and he said, I relapsed this week, then it's like, oh, I must not be leading well. Mm-hmm. Um, I must not be sharing enough. I'm a, you know, really, which is a weird twisted way of, of pride in all reality. Cause I'm taking responsibility for stuff that isn't mine and giving myself power that I, I think I have, but don't. Um, and so that was just one thing I would say from my own experience, uh, don't take responsibility for what isn't yours. You have to care about your recovery and you have to share during your recovery. That's the role that you play. Not, you're not the guy who, uh, who has to, when you get to, to the kingdom, right? When you get to heaven, Jesus is the first question. Isn't going to be, how did you do as a seven pillars leader? <laughs> like did guys relapse in your group? Okay. That's a good, or, like, no, that's not it. Like you're responsible for your stuff. Don't take responsibility for theirs. And it's easy to hide behind leadership. You know, a lot. Absolutely. We, we, we see it in the news every day with pastors falling because they have the, they're the high profile mm-hmm. pastors and they're in leadership. So they're, they're basically yeah. hiding behind their position where they don't want anybody to know. And unfortunately that happens in our group sometimes. So. Yeah. I think when you become a group leader, in fact, one of the first things I'll say to my groups when I start them is, Hey, in this group, I'm not pastor, Nick, I'm not uh, pure desire, Nick. I'm, I'm just Nick. Yep. I'm a guy that's got a story and I've, I'm still human. I've mm-hmm. still got sin. And, and yeah. if, if that sin creeps up in my life, I need to be real with you about it. And if, if you need someone to be your leader on a pedestal, this probably isn't the right group for you because I'm, I'm here going through it as well. And um, hopefully I've got some experience I can share. I'm, I'm further down the road than many. So I, there's things I have to offer, but I just need to give myself that permission. And so sometimes I'll just say it to the group like, hey, I, I just need to be real. I know I'm the leader, but this is, this is the truth of my life. And it reminds all of us I'm not the leader because I'm perfect. I'm just going first. Right. I'm, I'm taking that step. And so, like you were saying earlier, Trevor, leading in your vulnerability, uh, that's a pitfall to avoid is getting to the point of thinking, well, I, I don't want to share this because it might discourage them. Or if, if I'm honest that I still struggle with this, then they'll be discouraged because they'll think it can never change. And right. you, you got to let go of that thinking and, yeah. and avoid that pitfall for sure. You know, and then the last thing I would say, and it's something I'm guilty of, is honestly just talking too much. After every guy's faster scale, you've got some comments. After mm-hmm. every homework, you add something. Um, I think there are definitely places as a leader you can see there's a, a need to step in and maybe clarify something or ask some questions. Um, but really, as the group develops, making sure after someone shares a faster scale, you just say, thanks, man, and and wait. And, and allow some space that the other group members start to jump in and go, hey, could I ask you a question? And that's what you want. Like yeah. if you're the only one that ever asks questions after a guy does his check-in, you're probably talking too much. And you need to create space just to wait. And a, a tool in that is maybe someone has shared an obvious thing like, okay, we got to ask about that. Don't be the one. Just say thanks and wait for a moment to see if someone else, because especially as the group understands the process and they're getting comfortable with each other, the other guys will start to jump in mm-hmm. and go, um, I can you explain that a little more? Yeah. And, and then it becomes yeah. the group caring for each other, not just my group that I lead and I tell everybody what to do. I suck at that. I <laughs> suck hard. at that. And, and what, cause what you're getting at too, is that if I'm always the one who's following up after every guy shares, then guys will start to look to me to then dictate that rather than take ownership. And that's what you're talking about where it's like, no, I have a role in this too. And I'm just as important as Rich, Nick, or Trevor, whoever's leading the group, because I'm a member of this group and I can speak into stuff too. I suck. I got to work on that. I suck at that. Yeah. And I think Nick said it too. I think one of the most important statements that we, we don't think is important 
is to follow up, say, hey, thank you for sharing. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. It may not seem like a big statement, but what it does is it, it allows that time for that pause where it mm-hmm. does kind of just say, everybody's just really quiet. And then mm-hmm. it does say, well, that's a perfect time. And then the groups I'm leading, that's the natural cue for other guys say, hey, can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Just that one statement is super powerful. Yeah. And then it not only is it powerful for the guys who want to ask a question because it's kind of a natural break. Mm-hmm. The guy who just shared all his stuff in his checkout or whatever, and you say that to them, it's like, wow, that's huge. He actually acknowledged yeah. what I was sharing. And just instead of just going, okay, Trevor, you're done. How about yeah. Nick, you want to yeah. go ahead and share? Yeah. I feel bad for my group members who I'm in group with right now as they listen to this episode. They're going to be rolling their eyes. <laughs> They're going to be calling you on it. Yeah, that's which they should. They should. So, and that, that actually is a perfect segue. That's a professional segue from Nick Stumble, everybody. If a leader wants to develop or to get better, in group, maybe they're in the middle of group, maybe they're just starting group, maybe they've done group a few times. What does that look like for them to develop? What resources, what things can they do to get better as a leader? Uh, you know, we have a lot of great tools and resources available. Uh, obviously, podcasts, uh, the blogs, um, the regional group advisors, uh, Pure Desire conferences, mm-hmm. uh, the men's and women's conferences. Um, there's a lot of things that uh, a group leader can can come to us with, with questions and we have all these things in place. Yep. Um, so there's our regional advisors will have uh, monthly or quarterly meetings with their, mm-hmm. with the leaders in their area. Uh, every once in a while I'll sit in on those and those are going great. Um, it feels like uh, all these groups now are getting even tighter, even though you have a group in California or a group over here, all the group leaders seem to be on the same page because our regional advisors are spending quality time and lot and, and a lot of hours putting in to working with leaders around the country. So that is a huge resource right there. Hmm. Yeah, and I'd just remind you that in a group, you're probably going to see stuff you've never dealt with before, and you're going to be thinking, man, I, I've never gone through that. I don't know. But uh, I can almost guarantee you, Pure Desire, being here for 25 years now, we've gone through it many, many times. And that doesn't mean we've all been here 25 years, but that collective wisdom is, is why we're here to help. Because we know this is a difficult area. There's Mm -hmm. scary stuff that comes up. There's legal stuff that comes up. So as a group leader, just just have that in your back pocket. Say, I'm not alone because Pure Desire has got my back. Mm -hmm. That's why they're here. And I've never seen it, but they have. And I'm going to ask them, hey, what would you do about this? And so that regional group advisor is the first step. And if they don't know, they'll say, hey, I'm going to talk to Rich. Or why don't you call Pure Desire? And and we'll, we'll help you figure out what you need to know. So make sure you reach out. Yeah, and I think to, uh, after doing this for so long, there's literally nothing I haven't come across in a group for the most part. Uh, some guys aren't sure how to ask that question. So if, if there, you have a situation like that and you're just not sure, call me. Cause mm-hmm. even the regional advisors are calling me. It's like, Hey, how do you work? How do you do with this thing? Yep. Uh, what do we do here? Yep. Um, you know, and it's just experience in being a group. And, it, and sometimes those questions are really sensitive questions, mm-hmm. uh, but I've heard them. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it is funny when someone says, well, you've probably never heard this, or I'm, I'm guessing this is really going to surprise you. It's like, nope, nope. nothing surprises <laughs> us anymore. Uh, so on that note, Rich, so good to have you here and sharing some wisdom and all the experience you've had. Uh, you know how we like to end our podcast by asking our guest, what's a, a final piece of encouragement or advice you want to leave with our listeners as we wrap up today? Yeah, you know, I, I wrote some notes, but I think 
I'll probably just share more more so from the, the I guess the heart. That's part what of we it. want, Rich. Yeah. We want from the heart. Um, because you know, I said this earlier that uh, to go into group with no expectations. Um, and I do this every night. And not to be afraid uh, to let the Holy Spirit take over a group because sometimes it happens. And mm-hmm. it usually happens in the beginning in the checkout. Going through the faster scale, a guy is in crisis. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of step back and you say, okay, we're going to spend a little bit of time. Sometimes the Holy Spirit says, hey, I'm going to hijack this group. And then you just have to run with it because sometimes those groups, and I just had this experience in one of our groups uh, a few weeks ago. It was probably the best single group I've ever been in um, where we didn't necessarily get through a lot of the material, Mm -hmm. but the material was being discussed in in this huge open conversation. Um, So that I would encourage leaders to really pay attention to that. Um, and to know that, again, these guys are coming in a group and they're looking for somebody to just love on them because mm-hmm. they've been told you're not worthy. You're not going to mount anything. Um, you're going to end up just like, you know, your dad or whatever, whatever that was growing up. Um, these guys have been beat down for the most part of their whole lives. Yeah. And the last thing we need to do is, is put that kind of pressure on them. We mm-hmm. just need to love on them. But as we love on them, there's requirements to be in group and, you know, group guidelines and stuff like that. But to really be able to lead with an open heart um, and not to be afraid. Um, and actually, I'm speaking to myself right now. This just happened to me. And this would be a big encouragement for leaders as I had just last few days ago had this huge spiritual battle. Hmm. And I was up to like midnight, one o'clock. I text all the guys in my group at like one o'clock in the morning. And let them know. And every single one of those guys responded saying, Hey, praying for you. Wow. And it was just a, you know, basically saying I'm not good enough and all this stuff and running from God and running towards God. And one of the guys said he really appreciated the fact that as a leader, I'd be vulnerable enough Mm -hmm. just to share that. Totally. And that went a long way with this guy. And I think to be able to do that in a group says a lot about Mm -hmm. who you are as a leader. Yeah. Thanks for it, Rich. That's that's awesome. I love when I get to hear uh, your heart. I mean, one of the things you've been doing this for so long that kind of peeling back the layers a little bit are great. Also, you suck because now what I'm about <laughs> to share probably doesn't even relate. Um, but something that I've experienced uh, and just the encouragement I'd give you is um, leading a group, especially if you've gone forward in recovery. Uh, the nice thing is, is that when you're leading a group and there are guys for the first time are experiencing what health looks like or finally experiencing what wounds and the trauma they have in their past and learning how much they've medicated all this stuff in their life, it brings things afresh to me uh, that I remember what it was like to be there. And and there are times where it makes me emotional where I, I like I can't even really hold it in because I understand where they're at. I've been there. And what it does is it almost creates like a mile marker. I look back and I see the starting line and I'm like, that's where I was four years ago. I was right there. And then look at where I'm at now where I can, I can see what they're sharing and be like, I'm not there anymore. I'm not there. So there's encouragement there, but then also understanding and, and feeling afresh those things that I felt at the beginning of group, at the beginning of my recovery. And you can't get that if you don't lead a group. You can't. I mean, like you can go through group and, and experience some things uh, if you've gone through a second or third time, but leading guys and really being that guide, that person who's a, really who's a few years, right? Maybe a, a, a few seasons ahead. Man, you can just get so much more uh, and really just, it, for me, it's like a, 
it's a list of God's blessings is what it is. Like it's a, it's a physical representation of the transformation God has done in my life. And it, that would just be my encouragement to, for leading a group. Yeah, and I think my final encouragement would be, and I feel like I said this at the end of the Betrayal and Beyond episode too about leading, but if, if you're leading a Seven Pillars group, thank you. Hmm. Um, yeah. You may never know the impact you're having in people's lives. And the truth is in the moment, it doesn't seem like much. It's like, well, all, you know, all I did was say, well, I'll share my story first. And right. you shared something you'd written nine months ago in your first group. But when you did um, and you went first, you gave someone else the courage maybe to share a part of their story they never had. Hmm. And, and when you opened up the group and just said, well, who wants to go first? You, you created space for people to find hope, to find out they're not alone, to find freedom. And, and thank you for your willingness to do that, for jumping in. And even if the group doesn't seem to be going well or it's not what you expected, I, I hope and pray that you will trust God is using it far beyond what you're seeing mm-hmm. uh, because you're a part of helping others find healing and freedom. And so thank you. Keep at it. And we really hope that you sense God's uh, presence leading you and that you know, again, from us here at Pure Desire that you're not alone. We're, yeah. we're with you in it. So keep at it, and we look forward to hearing good things. Yeah. So these types of groups are essential for developing sexual integrity, for restoring any broken relationships you have, and really starting to establish those healthy relationships in your life. And, and as Nick said, leading these groups is a big commitment, but it's so honorable. And and let me just, I'll speak from the heart, Rich, you shared first in this. Um, we know what it's like. We've been there. And we don't just do this every week and release an episode because we uh, are just trying to make more money or whatever you may think it is. We, gen- like these two dudes, like I'm sitting with right now, teared up a little bit as they were sharing it. Like we care about this stuff. This stuff saved our lives, our marriages, our ministries. And, and so we care about this stuff. This means the world to us that you would uh, join in pushing the, f- the message of getting healthy. So we really, really hope that this episode gives you the encouragement you need. And look, we talked about it a little bit. If you're thinking about leading groups, we applaud that courage. We also want to let you know that you can contact Rich at groups at puredesire.org. You can email or you can call. 503-489-0230. Don't hesitate to reach out. Like we said before, Rich has got uh, so much experience in this area and he's here to help and support and encourage you. So uh, Rich, Nick, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for making it happen, Trevor. And thank you for listening to the Pure Desire podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to keep up with the podcast, please subscribe, download, and share. You can also rate and review our podcast. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for others to find the podcast. For more information, check out our website, puredesire.org. You can follow us on social media at Pure Desire PDMI. Once again, that's at Pure Desire PDMI. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Pure Desire podcast. For more information, check out our website, www.puredesire.org. Check in each week for new content on the podcast, and we pray that it will help you find hope and freedom on your journey to purity. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast. Every woman that takes a breath. This is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. Right. We we are the last person and sometimes we are taking care of everybody else, but we're the last person that we take care of. And that I think is my favorite part about these resources.